go now. We can talk on the way. Volume on the radio is on low. Drive down the interstate. I did a search for that. I searched music on YouTube. There is a ton of it on there. You would be surprised. I'm serious. There's like hundreds of results. Let's make up a genre and see if it's on there. Um, folk metal. And welcome to Earbuds and Earworms. I'm Amy Dumpster Fairy Shepherd, and this is. Oh man, mine's, I'm Mitchell Manley, Dumpster Diver. Oh, oh so we both really talk close. about dumpsters, yeah. You see, that's the one thing we don't script on the show sheet. Yeah. Generally, but yeah. So you're. I'm sorry. In two seconds, I ruined your. No, it's quite all right. So okay. I'm I'm Mitchell Manley, Dumpster Diver. What was yours again? I'm, Queen of the Dumpster. I'm dumpster? dumpster Fairy. Dumpster Fairy. Yeah. It's pretty good. Well, it just reminds me of this one friend who like dressed up in like a fairy costume and went and jumped in dumpsters. And oh, wow. she just, she's adorable as a dumpster <laughs> fairy. Imagine. So I was like, I'm going to steal her dumpster fairy. That works. Yeah. Or maybe trash fairy. Yeah, trash fairy. I'll be trash fairy. Yeah, you be trash fairy. I'll be dumpster diver. We're good. And we work together <laughs> and we're going to find some treasure among all the trash that was submitted this week. Yeah. Now, this kind of started as um, Aaron Campbell's a new ear buddy. Yeah. And his name's Soup, really. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so he was like, I really like whenever Mitchell like really critiques a song. Y'all should just like rip into songs. Yeah, I'm that... usually really nice about it, yeah. but uh, <laughs> it's been a while since I've said something like actually mean. I, I pointed him in the direction of Night Nurse. Yeah, that was pretty bad. Yeah, I had forgotten about that. Thank goodness. But <laughs> now, right, I just now, I, it back. Yeah, now I have to push it back out. But I figured since really our show is more about like trying to find the good in songs, no yeah. matter what, I figure give us the most disgusting garbage yeah, we'll you got. Really lean into the challenge. Yes, and really try. Mitchell, what did you bring this week? So, yeah, I'm going to start us off with. Greta Van Fleet's When the Curtain Rises. Yeah, so for, for this episode, I didn't want to take it easy on myself. I wanted to like really challenge myself to listen to something that I genuinely think is, is not great and find something good about it. Uh-huh. Uh, in the case of Greta Van Fleet, I think almost every one of our ear buddies would agree that this is trash. And if we happen to have any ear buddies that do like Greta Van Fleet, it's unequivocally due to their one possible <laughs> redeeming feature, which is if you're one of those people that thinks, you know, they just don't make music like they used to and you long for the days of classic rock, 
Greta Van Fleet has cast their dark necromancy onto the void and, and resurrected the spirit of Led Zeppelin for you. But beware, this is not the real Led Zeppelin. Uh, this is the dark and nefarious pet cemetery version of Led Zeppelin. Uh, it may sound the same at first, but I can assure you that if you get too close, Greta Van Fleet will cause grievous harm to everyone in their vicinity. That didn't come back right. Didn't, yeah, exactly. Didn't come back right. It's not the same. I know I've stated my feelings about Greta Van Fleet often. I know I have. I feel like this was more of a challenge for both of us because you're like, hmm. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, if you like Led Zeppelin, Greta Van Fleet sounds just like it. Yeah. But they still managed to just, like, turn it into this this very unlistenable Something, version. Yeah. I'm just to not suck a, all the soul out of it. I'm not a fan of Led Zeppelin. Yeah, and that's okay. so, yeah. So then you double hate it. Yeah. It's like, you're right. The only redeeming quality is for the folks that wish they used to make music exactly like they used to make it. Mm -hmm. um, this is it. So, yeah. I feel like the, the guys of Greta Van Fleet are the people, Fleet, who say, ugh, sorry, I'm just so frustrated. <laughs> I like saying frustrated now. I hear it a lot at work. Yeah. Um, I feel like these guys are the same folks who say they wish music sounded like it used to. Yeah. And so this actually broke my computer's speakers. Yeah, I would not doubt that one bit. I started playing it and like my computer rejected it and I couldn't turn the sound up past yeah, all the all the mirrors in your house just shattered instantly. Yeah, it's just like and then Dakota's like mm -hmm. Your child goes deaf. Yeah. Well, here's the sad thing. <laughs> Dakota loves Led Zeppelin, and yeah. he hates Greta Van Fleet. Well, at least he's got that much going for him. Yeah, he's see. got that. Now, I decided to choose my song because nobody I know seems to like this song at all, and I don't know why. It's Fall Out Boy's Uma Thurman. specifically to be likable and that's probably why folks tend to think it is trash which it isn't the monster sampling is really probably what makes it super stuck in my head and i can dance around like uma thurman to it um it's just it's sort of dumb i think it's supposed to be creepy but also referencing uma thurman in various tarantino films uh what does keep you like an oath even mean yeah. I don't know, but I like it for some reason. I really don't know much of Fallout Boy songs, but it seems to sound like the other songs I know from them. Yeah, uh I considered Fallout Boy and like some other pop punk emo stuff for my slots as well. 
but I do happen to like a lot of that sort of stuff. You know, having said that though, this is not good Fallout Boy to me. Uh, sounds more like Maroon Five, like <laughs> dancey radio pop to me, which is fine, I guess. You know, make your money, Fallout Boy, but just not a particularly remarkable attempt in my opinion. It doesn't really have a catchy vocal part, so the only redeeming quality to me is the fact that they sampled the the theme song from the Monsters, which is pretty cool. But I can't really be happy about them appropriating something that awesome for something this soulless. Yet somehow, still better than Panic at the Disco. <laughs> okay, there you go. Redeeming quality. Yeah, it's it's not Panic at the Disco. That's that's its redeeming quality. Oh. Well, like, I really, really, really... I don't know why I like them. I listen to podcasts where they rip into the song and talk about how soulless and terrible yeah. it is. And they're like, why did they steal the monsters? Yeah. And... Like I like old Fallout Boy. Like I'm totally into into the old stuff, but man, this is just not in my wheelhouse at all. Yeah, and also the video is terrible. Trash Oof. is so bad. The ear buddies they dug deep into the backs of their closets of like that terrible thing that they forgot about. Actually, I'm pretty sure a few people had to go to say therapy after mm-hmm. this because there's some, yeah. They uh they took it us took us at our word. We yeah, have to like so. uh, redeem some stuff. So I think we did a good job paring down. Brian Vales brings the very nice, interesting singing man singing trash collector man. Trash from your sidewalk, oh yeah, the trash collector. Working so hard all the time. Trash collector taking all the trash away. All the people they don't want the trash anymore, so they put the trash in a barrel. song about what exactly a trash collector is and does the baseline is pure funk and they kept the drum machine from getting too busy i also appreciate when a song knows when it's time to stop and the song does know how to be short and sweet and to the point and yeah like let's celebrate the people who have to deal with us being trash right exactly and and it also uh, inadvertently kind of fits in with the theme of yeah. collecting trash <laughs> yeah. into a single place yeah uh, definitely a weird and goofy listen, not exactly something you jam with the windows down on a road trip or anything, but it's oddly catchy despite being just like intentionally grating. Uh, the bass line is definitely what caught my attention first as well, so I guess he threw that in there to sort of allude to the fact that he's actually a skilled musician behind his jokey jokes and goof-em-ups. Uh, and as silly as it sounds, I think the Garbage Men totally deserve their own song. You know, there's a lot of old Appalachian odes to coal miners, so why not give shout-outs to the Ben Men that take our trash away when we don't want our trash anymore? Yeah. That's also, I guess, where the fallout boy got tossed. Right, yeah, that's definitely where that song's getting tossed. <laughs> what right a- back into the toilet we fished it out of. <laughs> Just like uh, Night Nurse. Yeah. I listened to it again, and Dakota's uh-uh. in a Dakota was in a corner and crying. And yeah. Just, I almost thought about bringing it again. Aaron C., also known as Soup, uh, he brought Crazy Town's Butterfly. I don't deserve- 
some kind of hidden message to show me life is precious, and I guess it's true. But to tell the truth, I really never knew till I met you. See, I was lost and confused, twisted and used. I knew a better life existed, but thought that I missed my lifestyle. Wow, I was living like a wild child, trapped on a short leash, parole to police files. Yo, what's happening now? I see the sun breaking down into dark clouds And a vision of you standing out in the crowd So come my lady, come, come my lady You're my butterfly, sugar, baby Come my lady, you're my pretty baby I'll make your legs shake to make me go crazy Come my lady, come, come my lady You're my butterfly, sugar, baby Come my lady, you're my pretty baby I'll make your legs shake to make me go crazy Hey sugar mama, come and dance with me The smartest thing you ever did was take a chance with me Whatever tickles you fancy, girls, me and you like Sid and Nancy. So sexy, almost evil, talking about butterflies in my head. I used to think that happy endings were only in the books I read, but you made me feel alive when I was almost dead. You filled that empty space with the love. How dare you? <laughs> How dare you? This song has an amazing riff, and like, this song is about um sexy times and. Seriously, the whole song is in your head the moment it begins. That seems like a pretty solid pop hit. If the moment it starts, it's like in your head. Uh, I think if you hadn't really focus, if they hadn't really focused their looks on their nipple piercings, nose pier- piercings, labray piercings, shoulder all- tattoos, shoulder <laughs> tattoos, I feel like this these people started the terrible stars on the shoulder situation. Yeah, uh, I feel like the song would have been less mockable, even though it's got pretty terrible <laughs> lyrics. Very on the nose references to sexy yeah. times, but come on, like right now I've yeah. mentioned it, you have that riff in your head. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. So listen, do they look ridiculous? Yes. Are the lyrics also ridiculous? Yes. But does that make Crazy Town deserve to be made fun of? Also, yes. <laughs> but sometimes there's something like intangibly, you know, intangibly alluring about like that trashy. 2000s rap rock. Uh, in this case, it's not exactly intangible. The answer is that they stole that dreamy, drifty sample from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Uh, they've obviously made plenty of garbage themselves in the last couple decades, but they did a lot right in the early days. Uh, with this one, you got Flea's meandering bass line, and it kind of mingles with that spacey guitar lead in a really cool way. And somehow, even underneath the like most egregiously on the nose, like <laughs> horny teenager rap rock, that groove usually keeps me from changing the station if this song pops up. So yeah, it's really really bad but also i think that that chili pepper sample is just good enough to keep me listening i had no idea that was a chili pepper yeah. sample it's a song called pretty little ditty off of one of their first records well at least they stole a really good riff right yeah, it's very yeah. good pretty little ditty yeah sounds good mary brings michelle branches everywhere because you're
Yeah, first off, how dare you. That's the second how dare you of this episode, by the way. Uh, this is Radio Pop Glory, man. Like, Michelle Branch, certainly no Vanessa Carlton. Uh, but this single has a lot going for it, I think. Uh, it covers a lot of bases in a way that, in my opinion, doesn't seem too forced. It starts with, like, the dancey drum machine beats and an acoustic guitar, which kind of checks your radio pop box and your sensitive songwriter box. Uh, but then the verse kicks in with a little bit more of a rockin' rhythm. By no means heavy, but at, at the very least, brings some rock energy on top of the, the songwriter palette that she established. And then, holy crap, are those <laughs> harmonies piled high. Like, way more than you even think. Uh, it just makes me want to spread my wings and ascend into harmony heaven. Uh, I, I really love that the pre-chorus is different for each verse. She like changes it up. So the first one is like two phrases. And then on the first pass through, the, the, the bass line ascends. And then on the second pass, it descends huh. uh, in the bass. And it makes this cool like climb up and then back down with the energy before kicking into that first chorus. And then the second pre-chorus kind of stretches for a few extra measures uh, with more of those like colorful chord changes and heart-tugging chromatic moves in the bass, just building that extra anticipation and tension right before kicking into the hook again. And again, I cannot stress enough how many harmonies they sneak <laughs> in. Like, listen to this on headphones and, and get back to me. There's so, so many. There are. Just like snuck I was, in. I was like listening to it and I'm like, first of all, I thought this was Vanessa Carlton. Yeah. But without the piano. Right. And yeah, like it's all backed in harmonies. Um, I'm with Mitchell on this one. How dare you? Yeah. Uh, it's very danceable to me. It's amazing. I've sung this many times very loudly and very out of tune many times because I can't sing that well. And it's a true jam. Some whoa woes are in there. Did mm-hmm. you did you catch the whoa? Oh, of course I yes. caught the whoa woes. And <laughs> and ahs and yep. oohs. It's all so good. There's harmonies everywhere because mm-hmm. the song is everywhere. <laughs> it's solidly from that same era of Vanessa Carlton and her floating uh, her, floating her, piano. Her floating piano. But it's definitely just not offensively bad. Yeah, well. you know, I know I know Mary takes songwriting super seriously and uh you know, I, I know that she probably sees Michelle Branch as like a, a watered down version of of what she knows has huge potential for impact. But I don't know. I still like it. I yeah. think it's a good. Yeah. Sometimes when you don't know too much, everything's enjoyable. Yeah, sure. I think that's why I can really enjoy some songs. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy H. brings Striper to hell with the devil. To that prime time of christian rock trying to be like uh cool right yeah i will admit that i did think striper was an actual heavy metal band like um one of those other bands with the pointy names <laughs> the pointy can, names yeah i mean like metallic has got a pointy they name do. a lot and, of those old bands have pointy names yeah you're not, you're not 
ACDC has pointy names. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel like maybe they branded a little too hard if I thought they were an actual hard, like a heavy metal band. Yeah. Uh, the vocals are solidly performed, and I can see a kid bringing this to the boombox party, maybe not getting out alive, but yeah. thinking that it was like really cool. So I, I think if maybe you aren't being exposed to you know, actual rock. Good, good rock. Yeah. This is, this will help you survive. Yeah. So this, this one makes me think of that King of the Hill episode where Hank says that Christian rock doesn't make Christianity <laughs> better. It just makes rock and roll worse. Yeah. I think that's totally dead on here. Uh, Striper had a lot of potential, but it seems like they could never quite touch the rim for that slam dunk. You know, uh, if you ditch the vocals in this one, I'm a hundred percent on board for it. Uh, the chorus is the most bland <laughs> shit I've ever heard, but the vocalist does redeem himself uh, a little bit with that ridiculous high note at the end of the second verse. Uh, the drum fill into the chorus is so simple, but it punctuates things perfectly. It's got the twin lead guitars with lots of pick squeals and artificial harmonics, uh, which give the guitars a lot of attitude. Sounds really feisty. Uh, and I don't care who you are. Tippy-tappy guitar <laughs> solos just sound bitching as hell. It just sounds like electricity flying from their fingertips, even in the cheesiest solo. And so for that reason, I'm granting Striper a pardon on this one. Okay. And uh you know what I didn't notice about their name? They have like a Bible verse shoved in the middle of it somehow. In, in their, Isaiah something. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. right. I don't know how I missed that. Yeah, I, I forgot what, about that. I forgot what the verse was. Craig brings Lee Greenwood's Proud to be an American. From the lakes of Minnesota To the hills of Tennessee Across the plains of Texas From sea to shining sea Detroit down to Houston and New York to LA where there's pride in every American heart and it's time we stand and say Patriot. I'm just going to admit it. Uh, so I can see how this might be thrown directly into the trash pile because this wouldn't be a song that I would like choose. Sure. Yeah. Um, it's very soaring and epic. And I think in post 2001 like time period, it was absolutely necessary to, I guess, um, to maybe make people feel better. Uh, maybe in that, like, we're going to overcome this situation. It is made in this like classic love song kind of way. And while I don't agree with Lee Greenwood's, uh, you know, Fox retweeting, uh, I, I, he did write a solid song that makes you want to listen to it. It does that whole sea to shining sea call out, which makes Detroit feel special. <laughs> they don't get enough love. And uh, my favorite quote from YouTube this week comes from the comment section, which there's tons of trash in there. Just going to yeah. let you know. But it's. <laughs> The quote says, my parakeet listened to this song. Now it's a bald eagle. (laughs) (laughs) I do like that. So that's a pretty good spoof. Yeah, I'm into that. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to be honest. This is the the second how dare you that I'm going to administer, (laughs) the third one of the episode so far. Uh, Craig and Mary are both on thin ice. Uh, Like, 
I'm also in strong opposition to that like jingoistic, overly patriotic America stuff, but this song doesn't cross the line in my opinion. It's not that Toby Keith will put a boot in your ass, these colors don't run bullshit. You know, the most aggressive line in this song is I'm proud to be American where at least I know I'm free. That's probably about the most aggressive thing he says here. Probably. Now, as for the Fox retweeting and all the <laughs> other personal stuff, I'm all on board with you on that. Yeah. Let's let's uh, tone that shit down. But yeah. you know, this is one. This is mostly an earnest tribute to a country where we do have a lot of diversity in the beauty of the land. And I'll leave it up to you to assess the freedom situation because things are absolutely getting uh, dicey in a lot of ways. But relative to some parts of the world, we're pretty damn privileged in a lot of ways. So this song doesn't leave me like rolling my eyes like the Toby Keith stuff. Uh, this one just makes me want to run circles with a huge American flag like I'm fucking hacksaw Jim Duggan. I don't know if you ever watched pro wrestling but he was a, a pro wrestler who would just come out wearing wearing his his wrestler underpants and he had a gigantic american flag and he would just run laps around the wrestling ring and you know everybody like, america yeah usa usa oh. because every good pro wrestling arc has to have a america versus the russians arc or an <laughs> america versus the middle east arc oh my god yeah the song just makes me want to run around with an american flag like hacksaw jim duggan i'm just saying I'm almost crying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, our final song is from Debbie. She brought Benny Mar- Mardone's Into the Night. There's nothing to compare it to But I want you to Here's a creepy creeper song for you. Often heard in Kroger. Please watch the video for Maximum Horror. This song is bad in a very creepy, creepy way. And I felt like we have to find something nice to say about this, um, this song. And, uh, they're soaring vocals. But, like, that scraggly rough way. Yeah. If Kroger has it on its playlist, it's pretty on brand for their middle of the night 24-hour Kroger theme. Because... Always the creepy songs in the middle of the night when you're paying attention. Um, the video is irredeemable. And the song is okay, except for the old man singing about being in love with a 16-year-old. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, this song definitely makes me feel a little grimy. Uh, even if I didn't catch the fact that he's singing to a teenage girl, the song just sounds like stalking and unhealthy obsession and inappropriate boundaries, you know? Uh, kidnapping? Yeah, yeah. So this song was released in 1980 when Benny Mardonis was th- 34 years old. Singing to a 16-year-old. Okay, so as we're in our 30s now, I'm 33 and you are 30? I'm 31. I'll be 32, yeah. Okay. Can you imagine 
falling in love with a 16 year old yeah that's not no. appropriate at all no not at all so yeah he's 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 singing to a 16 year old and he's acting in a music video wherein he plays out pursuing a 16 year old look i'm all for poetic license and like taking on a younger perspective to to appeal to a younger audience but this isn't written from the perspective of another 16-year-old. No. This isn't like trying to relate to and sell records to teenagers. The lyrics are explicitly about <laughs> him knowing that it's inappropriate and he's inappropriately too old to be pursuing, pursuing a 16-year-old. But at least the rhythm section's good, I guess? I look, Question mark? I, it's a challenge. Yeah, it's yeah. challenging is a good way to describe <laughs> this song, I'd say. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's very it's, challenging. It's kind of horrifying. Um... I don't know, like, we didn't get any specific feedback, but yeah. I still think Metal Johnny had the most revolting oh, yeah. song. Like, I believe his reference to the song, um, which I continually forget because I keep clicking back on it and then continually forget what it was because how he describes the song is the it most... Was, it was Billy Ray Cyrus's Achy Breaky Heart. Yes. And do you remember exactly what he said? I believe he said, this song is the aural equivalent to... <laughs> Sucking spaghetti out of a colostomy bag. <laughs> so gross. <laughs> so gross. Uh, so, Metal Johnny has a way with words. I believe the moment I saw that, I was like, Mitchell, Mitchell. <laughs> Metal, I, Metal Johnny has wounded me. I was like, I'm, I'm familiar with colostomies. I don't get grossed out by those, but ooh. Yeah, I mean, ooh. You're, you're a nurse. You see some gross things from day to day. Yeah, but that that literally made me gag. That imagery is a, ooh, uh, yeah. Ooh, Metal Johnny takes the cake on that one. <laughs> If you have any more trash to throw at us this week, um, please tweet at E&D Pod or... I'm at Pow I Gotcha. And I'm at Madam Woolite. Uh, the Facebook group is Earbuds and Earworms Podcast Group. You can join. You can just dig through the trash and argue with folks. I, I love that you're like very how dare you in yeah. multiple places. Um, the voicemail line is 731-400-BUDS or 731-400-2837. You can email the show endpod at gmail.com and you can always check out the show endpod.com part of the 10710 network. Now, what final overloading part of trash are going <laughs> to put on there and just squeeze down into the bin yeah so i'm going to leave us with from first to last they have a song called one-armed boxer versus the flying guillotine okay. uh this one falls into a slightly different category than my opening pick because with this garbage song i actually do like it but simultaneously i know why people would think it's garbage it's that swoopy hair eyeliner emo core at its best hey <laughs> amy's swooping her bangs right now <laughs> getting back into high school mode yep um yeah, so it's it's that eyeliner emo core, uh, and it's just to make it even more douchey. The singer for this album was seventeen year old Sonny Moore, who eventually left this band to get ridiculously famous as a dubstep DJ. What na- now known as Skrillex? What? Yeah, so uh, seven wait. seventeen year old Skrillex is the singer in this band uh, from this knockoff Thursday band. Oh, how <laughs> dare you for the fourth time! Uh, it, it doesn't get much worse than that, to be honest. Uh, all things considered, though, the song in particular isn't the cheesiest, whiniest emo core in the world. It's kind of rocking, and like most impressively, their drummer is just absurdly good on this track. So, if nothing else, just pay attention to the drums and do your best to enjoy from first to last with. The one-armed boxer versus the flying guillotine.
Uh, the chorus is the most bland shit I've ever heard. 